Welcome to Dorothy's List, Vermont Public Radio's book club for kids, based on the books nominated for the state's Dorothy Canfield Fisher Award. I'm your host, Amy Noyes. Today, we're discussing The Widda, A Pirate Ship Feared, Wrecked, and Found by Martin W. Sandler. For this episode, we visited Springfield Town Library. That's where a group of Dorothy's List readers were sharing some pirate research of their own. From Europe to Africa to the Caribbean and then back to Europe. And what were they doing in all these places? Most of it was That's 13-year-old Greta Bernier leading a discussion on the triangular trade route of the early 1700s. Ships full of gold and goods acquired from selling slaves were prime targets for plundering pirates. And in 1716, there were few ships stronger or faster than the Widda, which on its maiden voyage was carrying a hold full of riches back to England when pirate captain Black Sam Bellamy climbed aboard and made it his own. And for more than a year, Bellamy used the Widda to terrorize merchant ships and steal their haul. Until, weighted down with treasure, it ran into a sandbar off the shores of Cape Cod. There it sunk and remained undiscovered for hundreds of years. Until, in 1984, it became the first sunken pirate ship ever to be found. Now, 34 years later, marine archaeologists are still combing through the site. They found so much wonderful stuff, but they haven't found the mother load yet. We know, because it was all so well documented, that among other things, between those decks, in pouches already assigned... There was over $4 million in money, that day's money, uh, in coins, which would probably be a couple of billion dollars today. That's Martin Sandler, author of The Widda, A Pirate Ship Feared, Wrecked, and Found. That money was assigned to the pirates working for Sam Bellamy, nearly all of whom died in the wreck. Sandler says, while there's still a lot to discover from the wreck of the Widda, it has already taught us so much. What they found in the artifacts has changed almost everything we ever knew about pirates. What does he mean by that? The pirates did not say, Avast ye matey. They did not say, Arg. They spoke like the middle-class merchant seamen most of them were before they became pirates. They did not wear eye patches, and no one has ever found the bones of a parrot yet on a sunken pirate ship. So if pirates didn't talk, act, or dress like we imagine, what were they like? Well, if you read Sandler's book, you'll find out what research of the wreck has taught us. For instance... First of all, they dressed magnificently, and the reason they dressed magnificently is because they were grabbing all these wonderful clothes out of the loot that they were taking from ship after ship after ship. So this is what he would have worn. That's what he would have worn as a pirate. At the Springfield Town Library, 11-year-old Ella Shaw shared a project she created depicting fashions during the time of the Widda. Pirates wore regular sailors' clothes and collected stuff and collected like stuff to make their outfit better out of cabins on the pirate ships they plundered. Plundered, yes. Yeah. And Ella had this question for author Martin Sandler. I was wondering what kinds of things did pirates eat? We put Ella's question and questions from other Dorothy's List readers in Springfield to the author. They fished a lot, 
You know, they were out to sea a lot, and so they had fresh fish a lot. And also, they were able to put into port a lot. So they were able to get provisions from places that where you'd get provisions on shore. Also, they're continually, particularly this ship, uh, particularly the widow, they're continually capturing other ships. And when they're capturing other ships, and, you know, along with the loot they're after, like gold and diamonds and, and that kind of stuff, they're also... They're taking foodstuffs, and they're taking good stuff to eat that the crew of the other ship did. Before the widow was a pirate ship, it was a slave ship. But while many Africans were captured and sold into slavery during that time, Sandler's book tells us that all pirates were treated equally on Sam Bellamy's ships. 13-year-old Greta Bernier wanted to know if that was common practice among pirates. I was wondering if Africans were treated fairly on, like, other pirate ships during that era, or if it was just something, like, significant of the Widda? Boy, you guys got good questions. I really don't know. I don't know for sure. I do know that every person who became a pirate had to sign that letter of agreement, which really governed their behavior. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was all pretty much the same. I mean, one of the things that I found that that really startled me the most is the fact that the pirates had the greatest democracy in the world, and they really did. And part of that democracy was that they treated, if a person was brown, black, yellow, or green, they, they really did treat them all the same. It seems to be universal. Now, a lot of it, a lot of it had to do with the captains. And some of the captains were were much more humane than others. I would never say unequivocally that they were all treated the same, but certainly on the on the Witta, they were treated the same. The Articles of Agreement were a code of laws that all pirates had to sign on to before becoming an official crew member. The articles spelled out their right to vote, their share of the loot, and how they would be compensated if injured. The articles also dictated how they were expected to behave, how to settle quarrels, and punishments for crimes against fellow pirates. 14-year-old Luna Berklin wanted to know why Sandler chose to write a book about a pirate ship. What inspired you to write the book? Actually, I have written over 80 books, and I have never written a book based on just one sentence that I read somewhere. But I don't even remember where I read this, but somewhere I read a statement that said, the vast ocean floor is the world's greatest museum. And that really struck me. I said, you know, that's right. That's right. There are over three million shipwrecks lying down there. And when a ship goes down, particularly the ships from two and 3,000 years ago, it becomes an instant time capsule. And you can learn more from what you can find in those ships about how people lived, how people worked, the trade routes that they traveled and so forth, than anything you can find on land. 11-year-old Julian Robertson had this question about Sandler's writing process. Does writing energize or exhaust you? I don't get exhausted. I love it. I have the best commute that any person ever has. I have my offices on the top floor of my house. And I will tell you... I do a lot of stuff. I play tennis. I was the senior tennis champion at Cape Cod. I love to go to movies. I love to read books. But what I like most of all is to write, and particularly I love to research. I love to find stories that nobody's ever heard about. I don't want them to be trivial. I want them to be important. 
but I love it. And then it becomes like a big detective hunt so that it energizes me. And in fact, I'm just about to start a new book on the beginnings of flight. And I can't wait to get home and get out of here and go get started on it. 12-year-old Matthew Abair had this question for the author, which might inspire a surprise in a future book. I was curious, do you hide any secrets in your books that only a few people will find? That's a great idea. I have, no, I have not. And maybe now I'll start. I have never thought of doing that. Oh, my goodness. No, I have never, I have never done that. I wish I had, but I haven't. And our last question comes from Lucas Foley. I was wondering why you wrote this book. Author Martin Sandler says he writes for a lot of little reasons and one big reason. I sit down in the morning and I sit down with a blank pad of paper. And I write maybe seven, eight pages if I'm lucky. And by the time I'm done, what's on those seven or eight pages is going to be read by maybe 30,000, 40,000 people before the life of that book is over, that's a big deal to me. Now, you have to understand I have an enormous ego. So <laughs> it's very important to me that, that, that I can do that. But also, I think it's a service. You know, I like to think that I'm not just only making money writing books. I'm not only getting a little famous writing books. I'm also making a real contribution. And that's very, very important to me. And I hope that whatever you guys do, You'll do something that only is rewarding to you financially and rewarding to you in many ways, but also that you feel that you're really contributing something to, to the world. Because to me, anyway, that's terribly important. Now, thanks to Sandler's book and the team that discovered the Widow and is recovering her secrets, we know a lot more about the early 1700s and how pirates really lived. The book is The Widda, A Pirate Ship Feared, Wrecked, and Found by Martin W. Sandler. And special thanks to Springfield Town Library Youth Services Librarian Michelle Stinson. Next time, we'll visit Castleton Elementary School, where students are reading Insignificant Events in the Life of a Cactus by Dusty Bowling. That's the next selection on Dorothy's List. Ask your librarian for a copy so you can read along. <laughs>